0: Well, hello and welcome to the Buxton Real Estate Bayside Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Hudson, and it's fantastic to be joined by two of the greats of real estate in this Bayside area, just to keep you updated and informed on all that's happening in the market in these crazy times. First of all, a man who's been in the business for 30 years. He's an owner and director of the Brighton office and a part owner of the entire Buxton business, and that's David Hart. Welcome, Hardy. Thanks so much, Hutto. It's good to be here. And also with us in this era of uh, of social distancing from the same office but in a different room is uh, the great Johnny Clarkson. If you've bought or sold a house or thought about doing that in in Brighton particularly over the last 20 years, then you know Johnny Clarkson. How are you, Johnny?
1: I love to hear from you, Hutto. Yeah, I feel very much the uh, minor cog here with the uh, dynamic UI being yourself and Hutto.
0: No. As I said, you're very much uh, well known in in real estate in in this area. So I guess – Guys, the, the, the point of doing this is all about communication with, with clients and, and the general public about all that's going on because like, well, almost every business, every industry, uh, these unprecedented times have, have really affected real estate and really affected the way you guys are going about your job. So, so first of all, yeah, what's it like at the moment?
2: know um, it's it certainly changed. I think everyone in every industry is. um probably sailing through uncharted waters and real estate no different. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, let alone what's going to happen in a month's time. But, um, you know, we are doing business in a very different way. Um, even sitting here looking at Johnny Clarkson through a glass window because we can't sit together. But uh, it's it's made our business a far more personalised business where it's, everything's one-on-one, where we haven't got public, open for inspections and public auctions. Um, and I think we're also learning quite a few things that... Uh, we've never had to do before that we'll probably continue doing in the future once we get through the other end of this crisis.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably true of most industries at the moment, isn't it? So, Johnny, um, what, what's your week look like at the moment? Like, what And, and how different is that before we get into you know, the current market conditions? How different is that to what it has been previously?
1: Look, there's been some significant changes, Hutter, obviously, in terms of with the distancing Uh, that's affected how you go about your open for inspections. Quite obviously, you're now not allowed to do the group open for inspections. It's actually interesting to give the contrast because three weeks ago, our our office, uh, we had four auctions, all the four auctions sold above reserve. There was probably 100 people at at every auction and, and it was happy days. And then all of a sudden, it turned on its head within a few days after that. So... Where the dramatic change has actually occurred is all appointments are now done on a private basis, yep. on, on a one-on-one basis, so that has meant you've had to structure your day a little bit more because you've had to put inspections, whether it be on a 15-minute on a or a half-an-hour break, and, and auctions, of course, we're looking at some, some options going ahead, uh, doing in-house auctions, but at the same time, now, the public auctions are obviously not occurring, so it's certainly. More one-on-one contact rather than group contact. You're finding, though, in a lot of ways, you're dealing with genuine bona buyers. buyers. Uh, the tie-kickers, if you like to quote-unquote the, the cliche there, have probably gone to ground it a fair bit. And what hasn't changed about the industry and when I started over over 20 years ago, our, our job is is merely as a mediator and you start off the process, you have a situation with a vendor, they're usually 10% above uh, where the market is. Of course, outside yourself, I, don't, I know you'd be a realistic vendor.
0: <laughs> of course.
1: And the buyers are usually 10% below. So our job is still to to navigate and mediate between that process. But the way you do it, uh, processes are taking a little bit longer uh, the urgency has is, is probably come off somewhat, but having said that, the great thing about living and working in Bayside is, is there still is some underlying demand there.
0: Yeah, so David, I guess uncertainty is something that um, no industry likes, and we're quite literally living through unprecedented times, so how would you describe the, uh, the market at the moment, or is it almost too early to, to get, a, get a grip on where the market's at?
2: I think it probably is a little bit early. I think that, uh, you know, we are treading water at this stage. There are a few transactions that are happening around Brighton, so there are people who want to buy and, who, and there are those who want to and some who sort of need to sell. Um, it's just a, it's totally, it's a totally different environment. It's, it's, I think that from my perspective, there's been some encouraging signs even the last couple of days where there's been a lot more engagement from buyers. So I just think it's taking longer for people to come to realisation that things are being done so differently. Um, and Johnny was right about, you know, that, to use his expression, the tyre kickers, we have to be brutally um, frank with people who want to go looking through our clients' houses and qualify them very closely because if they're just having, wanted to have a look at a house to compare values or just out of interest, we honestly can't do it. We've got to say, you know, are you ready to buy now? Have you got everything in place have you been past the house, you know where it is. Um, and if they tick all those boxes, we're more than happy to make an appointment for them. So I just think it's an education thing where we as agents and the public probably need a little bit longer to get our head around things. But, you know, it, it, it is moving along um, and although transactions are going to be far fewer
1: than they were a few months ago, they will continue to happen. Interesting. So also, also The real estate. It's a, a very resilient asset class. If you go back through our history, Hardy and myself have been in a long time, 20 plus years. He's a lot older than me, of course, but, <laughs> But you look going through, like around 2000, we had the tech wreck, and that was a significant change in terms of people not having as much money at their disposal as what they did. 2007, we went through massive boom conditions. Uh, 2008, of course, we had the GFC, the the, the bus component, which is also really challenging. In 2010, which is probably the biggest of all, when dummy bidding was banned and agents <laughs> thought uh, agents thought that was going to be the end of auctions and quite simply we recovered from that. What was dummy bidding, Donnie? Oh, well, you're probably, you probably too young to remember, Hardy. Uh, but that that changed the mechanism a lot too and, and whereby that – I remember the front page of the, of the headlines of the media and the media obviously love a boom or a bust story saying auctions will never, ever happen again. Uh, that is the end of them it's all over and within three months we worked out methodology and and, and plans in place where it went back to a a normal component so it's interesting this is probably the biggest shock of a lot of them but because it is resilient and because you do recover and there is blue sky at the end of it uh, this might take a little bit more time to work through but we have recovered from 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 some severely significant changes over, over the time
0: yeah, have lessons been learnt? I mean, you, you sort of alluded to it there. Do, do lessons, particularly those people that have been in the game a long time, do you learn lessons from each of those things that have happened in the past?
1: The Probably the, the clear difference is with this one, Hutto, blindsided is probably the right terminology. Yeah. We knew we are heading for some choppy waters, but it happened just so quickly and so dramatically, so we just had to readjust and having still to readjust, Whereby things are going along swimmingly because, as you know, with any real estate business, you're setting yourself up for six weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks in advance. So, our strategy had to change where well, we had a lot of auction book. We had to then change our strategy, whether it be to go to expression of interest, which was another form of selling, or then to private sale. So, that's we had to adjust with that.
2: And I think, Hutto, also, I mean, not forgetting our business, yeah, we sell real estate, but. A huge part of our business is our, is our rental business, and we've got near on a 1,000 properties on our rent roll. The lesson that I think a lot of us are learning and maybe haven't learned in the past and hopefully will take heed of in the future is you've got to put an nest egg away. You've got to, you know, well, I think we're a great society who love to spend money. Um, I know that Johnny does, certainly. Yeah, but um, does. I think we need to really get our head around <laughs> this in the future and, 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 and plan, because God forbid there would be another event like this, but it's a great lesson that you actually need to to chip away and put some of some of the income away for the rainy day like this. Because uh, a lot of people who fly very close to the uh, who sail very close to the wind, they're finding it very hard to pay their bills. So you know, I think with hindsight, we all wish we'd put some more away. Yeah,
1: over, over the good times.
0: Yeah, if Johnny had just been able to get a little bit more from you at a couple of those auctions, we might. Be-
1: yeah. Look, there's still record prices, Hado. Yeah. I can assure you that. No, it's no. actually interesting, yeah, talking and, and touching on that too. Like, it's it's amazing how you do adjust. I remember when I bought my, my first house you know, in the '80s, which is obviously a long time ago. The interest rates are at seven and three quarter percent, and I locked my interest rate loan in at fifteen point five, and I thought I was a superhero. Only only problem was six weeks later, it was eleven point five. So. <laughs> This is the opposite issue we have where obviously interest rates at 0.25 unseen in terms of anyone's lifetime and in terms of the generation. So while the interest rates are low, employment is going to be the key to the whole package because where you go from a certain position of employment to position of uncertainty, that's going to change your appetite for debt. Uh, and that might also change a little bit of psychology within move, moving forward because it's interesting, the younger generation, the, the agents are sort of in that 25 to 35-year-old category, have never ever seen some downtime. So they're probably more shocked than more the experienced hardheads like Hardy and myself that, that have had to go through some uh some turmoil over the time
0: Uh, you touched on a couple of things there interest rates being one the government assistance package being the other i mean it it will still take a bit of time won't it for all this to work through as to to try and recognize you know if i'm a buyer or a potential seller uh, recognize what impact this is all going to have on the market uh,
2: Absolutely. I mean, the government assistance package, I think it was uh, ratified overnight or this morning. Yep. Uh, that's going to be you know, a huge benefit to, to our business and to so many, and you know, it's going to keep so many people employed who probably wouldn't have been employed. Um, Johnny?
0: No doubt. Yeah, I, was, it's, I, it's, I thought it's, you were talking good. about John, whether Johnny was going yeah. to be employed or not. <laughs>
2: well, I was, yeah, well, I was. I was just questioning Johnny's employment <laughs> then, but I think we'll keep him on for a while longer now, Hunter.
1: <laughs> nice. Have the seat for the next week.
0: Yeah, so uh, can I ask you too, and you talked about rentals, so the different aspects of the market here in in a downturn and and – It's obviously likely to be a downturn. We don't know how big. How does it affect the different aspects of the market, both, you know, in terms of rental and commercial, but also at the different stratas of, you know, of price levels within the the market um, as well from the, you know, the really top level four or five million dollar houses or eight or nine in Johnny's case, um, you know, down lower to the the paupers like myself.
2: (laughs) You and me both. But interestingly enough, some of the transactions that have taken place, you know, privately and quietly over the last two or three weeks have been the top end um, in sales. So I think, you know, there's some established money there and there is still a very good market for the expensive real estate. And some of those have been selling within three or four days of going on the market. So the, the sales side of the business and the rental, they're very different. The rentals, the challenges we have there. They're obviously tenants who are having trouble if they've lost their job or they've had uh, income reductions. You know, we have to try and negotiate between the tenant and the landlord to keep things going. Um, I think from a sale point of view, it clearly is just going to slow things down. You know, if I'm enjoying an office, we, you know, we're enjoying selling over 20 properties a month on average. All of a sudden that might be, you know, five, six, seven properties a month. So it's just a different, it's a different facet of the business. The rentals will keep going. There are challenges and negotiations to take place. It's just at the moment on sales, you're going to see far less sales across not just Bayside, but but everywhere um, until this thing passes and we come through the other end.
0: Does a downturn affect different pockets differently, or is it all? Can you pretty much put a broad brush across the whole thing?
1: Look, it still does, Hutter. The the interesting thing about Bayside is you've got it's still a high demand area, and as you know, even it's examples like like ourselves. You have pockets and portions whereby you get a lot of situations of buyers coming up from Melbourne Park, Middle Park, Port Melbourne, and they come up kicking and screaming. But they come out of the single, uh, single fronted cottage and they want to come up here because of the schools, and that's what the other areas don't have. The offer. obviously eastern suburbs are still the same though, so you get a lot of, a lot of uh, transport between a population coming up from those areas down there that have smaller dwellings but are close to the city. But their needs change because they come into a family situation, so they need school, so they need infrastructure within that. And and like all of us, when your kids are going to school, you like to be actually close and within that five to seven kilometre radius. So the demand is there obviously higher. But the other, to offset that, the prices and the dwellings are more expensive. So then they've got a question, all right, well, if I do move to this area instead of, say, Bentley over the other side of of, the Penn Highway, I'm going to get more value for my money there, but at the same time I'm going to have a little bit more money for school fees and things like that. That's where the stretch and the tighten might be. It hasn't been fully tested yet because it's been a very small sample size and case size. As, As Hardy just outlined, we probably won't get a really clear picture as to where market prices are going to go until there's a larger sample and that's probably going to take two or three months before we sort of get step into the the front door of spring
0: david you mentioned about the number of uh, properties turning over and so forth how's how's your business adjusted to the change i, we, I mean physically johnny talked about auctions and and so forth Have there's a number of uh, people in your office or people working from home all that sort of stuff yeah, good question, Hutter.
2: We Look, we've we've retained all of our staff and we really, really want to do that. We've sat down with the accountants and mapped out, for instance, a six-month plan. Our people are working from home. There are three or four of us in here every day. Uh, they're working from home and they're working hard, They're you know, but they're working far more closely with their one-on-one clients. Um Is that the phone Uh, going there,
1: Johnny? It is. uh, I've never been the world's greatest receptionist, so I'm starting to shake. Just a little bit
2: of a Fiona in the background there. So, they're all still working. They're working from home. And, you know, they're they're working with their hot list of buyers, people who are genuinely wanting to buy now. Um, And, you know, they're, they're working through with their vendors. Some will sell now, some will put it off until later on. Um, it's just trying to map out the best plan for each individual client, Hutto. Yeah. So
0: I guess um, before we maybe just reminisce and, and finish, off, uh, finish off the first episode, is there a message then for uh, your clients or people that are listening to this that might be thinking in one way or the other?
1: Look, transactions will still take place. If vendors are realistic, buyers will match the mark. There's no buyers – there's certainly a small segment of the, of the buyers that are looking for buy bargains. We, a, we don't sell bargains and B, you don't get vendors around here that are in massive uh, urgency to, to pay a wholesale price. So it's going to find its level. It, it always does. There might be an adjustment, or recalibration, if you like, on both sides of the fence. But at the, at the same time, you haven't got a lot of those distress sales that are, that are coming in uh, at this stage. There might be some individually examples. But in the main, it's, it's hard to read as to where the market level is, is going to stay. But if people are realistic, transactions, as Hardy said, are, all, are still going to continue to happen.
0: Anything from you, David?
2: Look, I think if you're a buyer and there are still plenty of buyers out there and obviously buyers want to buy for as little as they can but a very experienced man in real estate many years ago he used to talk to me about how he'd talk to his buyers and he used to say 30 years ago, if you find a house you really want and it suits your purposes and it ticks the boxes, have a good go at it because too often, you know, buyers don't thinking they might get it more cheaply in three months' time and they say, why didn't I buy that one? So... There's still good deals to be done. I think most vendors have you know, adjusted their thinking on price. Um, if you're a buyer and you find the right property, have a good go at it. If you don't get it, well, that's fine. But don't let it go just thinking you're going to pick it up more cheaply in spring.
0: Yeah, no, that sounds like good advice. Okay, so before we finish, I want to do this uh, each time we do these uh, podcast episodes, just go back to a, a uh, an auction or a campaign that for some reason there was a, an extra storyline, maybe a really positive uh, outcome for the uh, vendor or something that happened, curious that we can sit back and have a have a listen or a laugh to. Johnny, have you got a story for us? From the...
1: Yeah, I've got, got, got numerous, up but I'll just run sure you one have. quick one today. One, a, a property I was selling at, at Beach Road and a, it was set up in a great position in Sandringham down there, and I turned up to the first open for inspection, and the next-door neighbour saw fit. He had his speedboat in the driveway. This is the next-door neighbour of the, of the house I was selling, and I yep. thought, this is a strange sensation. And there was a big drum there filled with water. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. So I turned up, put my open boards out, and got there about 10 or 15 minutes early, as every professional agent does and right on the start of the inspection, I noticed this loud bang and loud noise out the side, and sure enough, the bloke had seen fit to start up the, the speedboat that he had in the driveway, and with the motor in the 44-gallon drum, and just right for the half an hour, just had it running beautifully, which uh, was like being at a, a, a rock concert with Bon Jovi playing. I thought, this is fantastic. So got through the se- first session. I thought, oh, obviously, it's just coincidental. So I turned up on the Saturday, beautiful sunny day like today, bay. Looking glistening, not not a not a ripple, not a ripple in the water. And sure enough, the same behaviours occurred, and I thought, hang on a minute, this bloke's been quite disrespectful. So I went next door to uh, say, look, we are trying to sell a house and we're trying to maximise the outcome for the vendor, and he gave me absolutely nothing. So after the fourth time, I did evaluate, even though a real estate agent went off that quick, that this bloke perhaps might have some interest in the property next door (laughs) to him. So every right on cue, and I made a point of everybody that came through saying, look, the bloke next door is obviously making some noise, he's got some interest in the property too. And sure enough, we come round to auction, though, we had probably about 200 people at the auction. The good news was there was five bidders. The bad news for our next-door neighbour, he was the underbidder. <laughs>
0: so oh look this that opens up a whole field of uh, tactics that i'm sure that you've uh, endured over the years which we can get to in uh, future episodes we'll find out some of those stories over the time thanks for being with us guys it's obviously as we said crazy times in the world and, and in the world of real estate uh, no different so i'm sure everyone appreciates uh hearing some of the depth that uh of, of the situation and um and as you guys said you're happy to take people's calls and and emails and uh and from there we'll we'll see what to transpire in the next week or so. Have a great Easter. Same Good being with us. All stay well. And finally, a big thanks to you for listening to our first podcast, the Bayside Buxton team. We'll keep you updated over the upcoming weeks. And stay safe, everyone, over Easter.